0: Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout and Foxy Digitalis. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato. And here on the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. We started off this week's show with something from Fletcher Pratt. uh, From his second volume in his dub sessions uh, releases that he's been doing, Uh, Fletcher Pratt is out of Winnipeg. And he's a cool dub artist and uh, also comes out on the Winnipeg-based Dub Ditch Picnic. We're also doing some phenomenal releases over the last couple of years now. And I actually have something else to play from one of their most recent batches of this first set that I'm going to be playing. But uh, for this week's show, uh, first half playing a lot of catch-up with uh, large amounts of cassettes that have been rolling in. But in the second half of the show... Uh, I'm going to be joined by the members of Tilth, or at least two-thirds of the group Tilth. Uh, They were recently down in Mankato playing their first few shows, um, and they have a brand-new record coming out on Soft Abuse Records. Uh, Tilth is uh, the trio of Cody Antis, Nathan McLaughlin and Joe Hooper and uh, both Cody and Nathan uh, came up to the studio after their show and we sat down talked a little bit about Tilth and they played some stuff from their own collection so we'll be uh, airing that in the second half of the show but as again as I said got a lot of new stuff to get to here uh, starting off with this this is uh sagas which is uh, Matt McDowell out of Pittsburgh uh, he put out a phenomenal tape out on Avant Archive earlier in the year and this is something that just came out on Lighten Up Sounds and I just see uh, as I was pulling this out and getting it ready that he also has a brand new release coming out on Digitalis so I'm excited to hear that one but this one is is a Scorcher it is track one from the cassette Sojourner's Lament (laughs)
1: We'll <laughs> <laughs>
0: currently listening to the latest from Loud and Sad from a tape of theirs called False Intimacy out on Cezura and Loud and Sad is of course uh, Nathan McLaughlin and Joe Hooper, who we've had on the show before and who are also in Tilth who will be in with us here about a half an hour or so later in the show and this is an excerpt from Example 5 from the B side of that tape. Phenomenal packaging and uh, just layout and everything. A really nice job uh, by Cesura in putting this one out. In front of that we heard a New York based duo called Pride of Lowell. Features Max Goldman and Patrick Brenner. Play nice uh, free jazz but really kind of controlled. I like the tone of the saxophonist in that one. And this is out on a label that is new to me. It's called Dirty Pillows, and it says that they're based out of Savannah, but I'm I'm curious if they've relocated to Minneapolis because that was the return address on this uh, package that I received. In front of that we heard Bad Braids, an LP that came out on the Hout Maggie label. The LP is called Arrows and Orbs, and this one also features uh, Mike Bruno. This is a collaboration for this final track. Kind of a traditional track called Down in the Willow Garden. And we heard another uh cassette from the Dudge uh, sorry, the dub ditch picnic label. Here James McEwen from his English Dream cassette that came out last month. And we heard the opening track on that called, or on the B side of that called Ghost in Your Life. And then going back to the top of that set. Scorching uh, psych guitar Piece from Sagas Again Matt McDowell out of Pittsburgh And again I want to state that he has A brand new tape that came out on Digitalis uh, Along with something from Josh Josh Mason uh, Who also put out Some really really great tapes here in this Last year But I'm going to switch over here Something new from Michael Barrett And Mike Griffith And uh, actually Those names are probably better known as uh, Parashi and Belton Suicide. And this is a uh, collaboration of theirs that just came out on Kendra Steiner Editions. It's called Virtual Seam Alabak. And I believe I got that right. But I'm going to play the opening track, which I I think it's sort of a fitting title. It's called For the Wreckers. And this is some nice uh, damaged sounds from them. Oh uh-huh. is, uh, several guys, uh, involved in Swanox, Radiant Husk, and Quaz, if I I never know how to pronounce that one, and, uh, Joe Knight, who kind of helms the group Rangers, also recorded this, and this came out on his own brunch group label. The tape is called Beyond Language, and we're hearing a track called Bakake that uh, a, trio, a trio of tracks by duos if you can follow me there we heard from uh, Primitive Motion out of Australia from a new cassette release of theirs out on room 40 we heard two ellipses uh, that the cassette rather is called two ellipses and the track was called Upwelling and then the cryptic LA duo German Army who I seem to get this never ending stream of tapes that show up in these interesting packages Every other month or so. And this one came out on uh, Chondritic Sound recently. We heard the track Literacy in Opium. and Opium. Then out of Copenhagen, we heard Small Things on Sundays. Another duo from the most recent batch out on A Beard of Snails. Pretty massive batch that they put out about a month or two ago. We kind of a the opening sequence of tracks uh, From their tape called Drill And then going back to the top of that set We heard Michael Barrett and Michael Griffin From the new CDR On our Kendra Steiner Editions Who put out phenomenal work I'm going to transition now into a track Actually from Tilth This is the closing track from their brand new record still want to say forthcoming because the actual release hasn't happened yet there were some tour copies that they had but their actual release will come out in December the album's called Angular Music and this track that I'm going to play is called De La Serna and following this one uh, we'll be joined in the studio with Nathan McLaughlin and Cody Yantis of Tilth uh, talking about their project and uh, playing some music So once again this is tilt with de la Cerna. All right, we just heard f- something from the brand new Tilth record, Angular Music, and we actually have Tilth, uh, the duo version here in the studio. Uh, that's that who that's who appears on the the new record, even though you are now officially a trio with uh, Joe, and Joe's around. But he, we have uh, Cody Yantis, and Nathan McLaughlin here on the show this week, and uh, thanks guys for stopping in.
2: Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah,
3: thanks
0: man. And uh you guys just played your first live show last night. Uh y- even though you've been collaborating for well over a year now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um do you want to tell us I guess how how the collaboration came came to be for you two and kind of what that process has been like uh going back and forth?
2: Yeah, I, I I promise this isn't I promise this isn't just a a plug for your show David, but uh we actually met because of uh one of the podcasts, uh one one of the one of the 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 webcasts that you, you do um yeah, it would have been a couple years ago it was after my first LP came out and you played a track of mine and then it was followed by something from Echo Location Five, one of Nathan's solo tapes. And uh, I thought the piece was really amazing so I uh I uh I ordered ordered the tape from Nathan and it started this uh started this email correspondence initially. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so, so you brought us together, man. It's nice to be able to <laughs> And now, Yeah, and now, we're, now we're all here in the same room. Yeah, exactly.
0: Awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the record itself, I mean, this has been, how long have you guys been working on Angular music? This is about a year, years worth, if I'm not mistaken, from previous conversations that I've had with you guys, it's about a year of kind of bouncing tracks back and forth and things like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was done early this year, actually. Mm-hmm. But it was it had been a, almost a year at that point really it was a really nice uh, deliberate process mm-hmm. um which was mirrored one of the themes of the of the album which was fatigue mm-hmm. and uh and so it took you know some of these we would have weeks where a couple tracks would get done and then uh, a track or two would take three months to come together it was really really interesting process
0: yeah, we took our time and that
3: that's what makes it fun
0: right right so how um Obviously now as a trio with Joe involved and now playing a, a show, I mean, it, it. I think people would be surprised after seeing last night how much of a different beast you are. <laughs> as a trio, how that's really changed the dynamic. I mean, you you mentioned the, the album's about sort of fatigue and there's a maybe sort of a meditative quality to it, but now there's like a beast that's been <laughs> unleashed as Tilt. So describe that, how has it been? I mean, you've done some rehearsing for days, now playing a show. Um, what? Where? What's the next direction? I don't know if that's the the right question, but what has that been like for you guys?
2: It's interesting because, um, yeah, the beast that you were talking about—you <laughs> know—our live show involves elements of free jazz and things like that, which is kind of cool to realize. Because Nathan and I initially bonded over our love of Bill Dixon and 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 a lot of free jazz and and improvisational music. Tilt's always been. Uh, an an improv unit, even in the recordings, um, and it, it just t- took on a different pace. I think Joe brought Joe brings that dynamic. I mean, it's all in there. I think we're, you know, Nathan and I are both very angry people. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's all it's all in there, but Joe, there's something about Joe that provokes it, which is really cool. And and Nathan had told me about that when he um he initially asked if it was cool if Joe maybe played some percussion on some new stuff that we're working on Mm -hmm. and i said sure and i and i loved so much of what he was doing i said you know if joe wants to just just join in and be and we turn this into a trio let's Mm -hmm. do it so that's and that was about the same time we started thinking of um trying to um get together for some live performances so that was always even though Tilt started out as this different thing it was always um that from, the, from the time we've been talking about um, realizing it in a live setting, Joe's been on board. So right, that's, right. Yeah.
0: And he, yeah, uh, Joe is playing percussion. He's also doing uh, playing violin too, which was pretty prominent in last night's show. And d- again, adds a very, very different element. Although there's some of, you know, there's a lot of bowed work uh, you're playing mm-hmm. uh, on the record, at least. So it's a lot
2: of bow work. Yeah. That's part, that's a really crucial aspect of my guitar playing is bowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I have, um, i don't know if there's any on the the record but i i have symbols at home that i bow on for for Mm -hmm. for recording so it's fun to have a kit right that we can we can take them because it's tilth is actually i mean uh, even angular music is very it's very it doesn't have like you know traditional percussion but it's very rhythmic which is what drew me to nathan's work actually his echolocation stuff with the tape loops is so is so rhythmic and i love that aspect and so um i think we want to we wanted to bring that out more, and so sure. it's more overt live, when, especially when you add traditional, you know, fairly traditional, like like a like a drum kit and things right. like that. Right. But
0: well, we got you guys here today. We we're not doing an in studio live session because I break the studio; but it would get ugly, <laughs> right? But but we're uh, kind of. Uh, Playing some music that you guys have selected from your own collections, and uh, we're going to start something here—one uh, that you pulled out actually from the rack at home, mm-hmm. my house. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, but Giacinto Chelsea—I always butcher that name—but I love this album. What I guess draws you to this track that you had? you said you, you, this one just kind of blows you away. Oh, I
2: just love uh, uh, for lack of a better term, um, sort of modern 20th century classical music is huge for me. That to- and you probably can hear some of that in uh in tilt in terms of the sort of um tone clusters and the mm-hmm. and the and those kinds of uh- qu- you know kind of chord elements um i think is uh uh yeah i just i'm i'm a total sucker for any kind of um dissonant modern classical music uh joe and Joe and i really uh really really bonded over a love of Morton feldman and oh, okay, i think you'll yeah. hear you know you can hear some this is a little bit harsher of a track but that kind of you know um, exploring um dissonance and space and things like that. I love this one because it's it's um the chord is beautiful. It's basically one chord in the in the in the piece and uh uh or at least one dominant chord in the piece and uh but there's a ton of space too, but it's mm-hmm. also very rhythmic and uh I just it has like three of my favorite things.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's play this. Mm-hmm. Um Atsy? I have no idea. I, I, I'm not it's sure Atsi maybe. Atsi is the oh, name yeah. of the track. Yeah. So what's here. All right, we just heard a, a set of tracks picked out by uh, Cody Yantis here. One-half or one-third of Tilth, depending on what count you're going by, right? I mean, if we're going by the album. I, the brand I new like r- to think of myself as three-quarters, <laughs> actually, but that's <laughs> well, just that's me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, those tracks were picked out. Cody, you, you want to run through and just kind of tell us what you played? And I guess you were kind of talking, uh, while well, some of these were playing... Things or elements within that mu- music that certainly influenced your own playing, and maybe things that you've brought to Tilth as well. Yeah, I tried
2: to pick out stuff that actually has not only just been influential for me, but stuff that comes out in in Tilth. So the 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 um, the the second track that played there was uh, from Sean David McMillan called "The Lawn" from his Catfish record that Emperor Jones put out a while back, and then it got reissued on uh, uh, CD. Uh, by by Tompkins Square, and I I picked up the CD and um, and then went and tracked down the vinyl because I just love it and it's the the elements of so there's the kind of country aspect that does mm-hmm. come out country folk aspect that comes out in tilth, um, but I, what I love about him is is that, that like it's kind of nothing sacred. I mean he'll do straight up country with fiddle and group singing, and then he'll do these like these just just weirdo um, psych jams like he's on some kind of vision quest mm-hmm. or something yeah. you know and um i just love so that had elements of bowed symbols which i use in my music and use in the tilth live show joe yeah. uh does that a lot with the, with the percussion so i was that was one of the reasons i played i played that track um and then after that was the uh the first track off of the the pretty recent joe mcphee and chris corsano
0: yeah amazing okay. album
2: just incredible mm-hmm. i mean i love this stuff that joe mcphee's been doing lately where he's teaming up with um like, like younger percussionists yep. and doing these duos, and they're just incredible. I love his one with Eli Kessler. But mm-hmm. this one, there's something, it's uh, his, I mean, I love, obviously, Corsano's drumming's in, in, incredible, but there's something about Joe's approach in this and um, the kind of talking through the horn, which I try to do a little bit in the live set for Tilth and um, using it as this sort of communication device. And, right, right. But it's just the, 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 um, the interaction, uh, you know, th- that, that's what live... Shows are all about as as the dialogue between the players, and um, you know it should be that way on a record too. But live, it has to be, and and I love that that translates to that record. It's right, just this, right. just I mean, it sounds like a sounds like the the best live show you've ever heard, and you're you know it's great you can mm-hmm. hear it on headphones, and um, it's just uh, that's the elements of free jazz, you know, an element of free jazz that we example of the, the you know the kinds of um, things that Nathan and I really love to listen to, and and really wanted to find a way to bring them into tilt right, in some right. way and then um yeah and then i played an ellen fulman track um uh she does the a long the long string instrument and it's like almost like an installation where she strings um these cables across rooms and um and p- puts wax on her fingers and and walks and makes these incredible um just these incredible uh you know uh, just resonant um, bodies of sound that just yeah. float, and um, yeah. that one was with a tr- trombone player. And I love the, the I love the the, the, the shared kind of, um, you know, uh, there, there's there's the, the the actual, the actual type of sound. There's there's such a shared of these swells, you know. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can't tell what, whether it's the the strings or the horn. I love that, um, and uh, it's just uh, that that kind of meditative quality is. Yeah. Uh, I think you can hear a little bit in, in, until, particularly on the records. um, how i play my horn on the records um uh, uh using kind of swells that and then and then kind of making them more you know uh these kind of spacious swells to to kind of fill out the sound mm-hmm. to the point that they don't even sound like horn i have a lot of people have said oh i didn't even know there's a horn on there they yeah, think it's a guitar or something so yeah. um that kind of quality i you know i hear in fulman stuff i just think it's really really incredibly beautiful and meditative work and i love the the dedication one has to have to do it you know you have to install for days just to play a show it's incredible
0: well um, Nathan I was going to ask you you guys are you're just releasing your first album but you're actually pretty much set I mean finalizing things for the next record as a trio Um, how has that gone now having that third member sort of circulating tracks again sort of the same process who Who's the instigator? Who sort of lays down the basic framework for um, your for I guess the sketch to, to build from? Yeah, it's was
3: usually gonna... me or Cody, and I, I, at one point all the tracks were tagged like Yantis source or McLaughlin source, okay. so that we remember. Because a lot of times, what happens is the yeah the instigation is the right word because we'll lay down a framework, and what they put down. Is so much better than what I played yeah. that the original track can sometimes disappear, mm-hmm. and that's happened on the the first record, and that's happening now on the new one, and that's not. I think what's important in the band is that it's not a, a practice of oh man, you know I suck. <laughs> uh, those guys are so much better than me. It's it's about um, challenging each other, mm-hmm. challenge and response, sure, yeah, in a positive, you know, positive right, light, right. Um, yeah.
0: Well, we're going to switch over And you have a, a set of music that you have picked out And what are we going to start off with here?
3: We're going to start off with a piece by Bill Dixon It's called Nightfall Pieces 2 Off of Intents and Purposes
0: mm-hmm. um, and, and you said that Bill Dixon Was really one of the the, the yeah. first artists That you guys bonded over mm-hmm.
3: Yep, I mean, at the very core of of tilth and my music for a long time i probably talked about this last time i'm every time i come to your radio i'm (laughs) probably talking about bill dixon but he has this idea of going to the center Mm -hmm. go to the center and uh, you know stripping away unnecessary things to get your idea across as effectively as possible sure yeah and uh that's really important in what we're doing and what I've always done in my music, and it's not just about music. It's it's about how you might communicate something, and it's also how you, how you live your life. Right. And, uh, yeah. Well, let's hear it.
1: Sometimes true
0: We just heard a a selection of tracks uh, that Nathan had picked out. And do you want to just run through those, Nathan, what you played there in that set?
3: Yeah, that last one was a song called Among the Cornrows by a band called State River Widening. Mm -hmm. And they do, well, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory what they do. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) They play music. Yep. Uh, Yeah, they do instrumental stuff. Uh, It's a duo, sometimes trio. I don't think they're together anymore. But um, yeah, that that was on this label called Rocket Girl. Uh, before that was Bedhead, a song called "Powder," from the "What Fun Life Was" label and or that, "What Fun Life Was" album. Maybe.
0: The uh, and that is a Tilt favorite. That is a Tilt. There's some there. ben, some yeah. Bedhead bonding.
3: Yeah, it's Bedhead's big for us. Um, a lot of hugs after we realized that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, lot of hugs. And I love Bedhead too. <laughs> weeping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before Bedhead was uh, a young man named Josh Mason um from a split that I did with him called 3440 on the Tape Drift label.
0: Yeah, you want to just I mean I know there's a a brief explanation about that tape on, you know, a little blurb about it, but your side of that was sort of a response to his work that he had done and you're both using the same tape deck yeah, and yeah.
3: yeah, it's the tape I think was billed as a as a uh celebration of the TX3440 real to real tape machine and it, it is that uh, it's us using that as an instrument mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I hate to say that it's gear worship but maybe it is anyway his stuff I think is, is very nostalgic a lot of Josh's music is nostalgic he must have a very good long term memory um, and it invokes a lot of stuff that happened and that left an impression on him and my piece is more about the future I recorded that one in, like, the final days before my wife had our, our last baby. And there's always this wonderful kind of buzz in the air. It's the best time to make music, mm-hmm, I think, with mm-hmm. those days leading up to, to something awesome, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a new baby. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, on, on side A, you have kind of looking at the past, and side B, you have kind of looking at the future, and both are very much it's uh, in love
0: you know in love with right. both of those moments right the t- the time and the machine itself that's right, right.
3: yeah that's right and uh, uh so, yeah it's funny though because i don't think i've ever engaged too much in gear worship or, or came right out and said i love this thing or that thing but after we did that i felt really good really good <laughs> about worshipping that machine cuz we we use it in pretty similar ways yeah josh and i um, yeah, and we look kind of look at it the same way.
2: Well, it's interesting because you guys did this. It's it's sort of a a concept about about time, you know, this sort of past and future, and then you're using a an instrument that very very, uh, you know, directly is time based. You know, yeah. with not just loops, but how you how you uh, adjust it and 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 it can get warped at times and, right. and reinterpret. Um, it's a really direct. Uh, it's a really direct message. I think it's it's really neat about what both Nathan and and Josh do with these uh, mm-hmm. in their in their unique ways. But there's a, there's definitely a shared um, kind of principle or, or, or set of principles or philosophy behind it that I find really right, right. really really fun and, and and intriguing.
3: And they're absolutely personal. Mm-hmm. You know, both sides of that music in in kind of the same way. But I mean, I don't think that I could make abstract music any more human than I did on
0: that on that <laughs> particular track yeah <laughs> you know right, and I
3: right. tried to do that on my and this is, isn't all about me but I tried to do that on my LP and kind of did it but on that t- I mean that doesn't it doesn't get any more personal right. that, other than me writing in the liner notes. yeah this was about when my wife was who wants to hear that yeah right, you know, right. Spell.
0: I don't think my wife wants me typing that um, in fact we might just edit this out right you now. you better edit that out <laughs> yeah. And what were the, the final two tracks that you so had? So then
3: before Josh, we had Karen Dalton, uh, yeah. a track called Don't Make Promises uh, from her album
0: 1966. And Karen can make any grown man cry, right? Yep, yep. I we mean, were all weeping. That's
2: funny that you just saw it. The first time I ever heard Karen Dalton, a friend of mine put um, uh, In the Evening uh, from her first record, she, he put that on a mixtape, and I, I, uh, I, I only made it as far as that track, and I kept going back. I, probably listened to it for like two or three hours straight, oh, yeah. and was pretty like you know it can it can make you almost it's, sob. It, it's yeah. really incredible it, stuff her it's
0: voice really just the, the quality about yeah. that just uh yeah it d- hits deep so and uh, then the last track was bill dixon or you did one more yeah no,
3: we kicked it off there with bill dixon nightfall pieces too off of Intents and purposes yes which actually, actually on rca victor yeah can you believe that yeah.
0: Well, thanks so much, you guys, for uh, stopping in and uh, making the trek. Um, you have another show coming up today, actually, in no. uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. I
2: think we just missed it. Oh, <laughs> All right. What time is it?
0: Um, but are you guys thinking, now that you've done a show, this might be sort of an, another, at various points in the year, hey, we need to reconvene and play some more live shows? Uh, no, I hate these guys. God, <laughs> God, <laughs> God willing.
2: Uh. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is... This <laughs> This is uh the not anger with the, ang- the anger comes out. It's yeah, <laughs> you
3: <laughs> no, don't absolutely. you don't get to pick where we eat lunch today. So, yeah. I'm not uh, Yeah so and it's tonight at Madame of the Arts and that good man Casey Deming put it together yep. and
0: yeah it's, it's a great series. Fun. Well I'm gonna close things out here with uh something from uh, Joe's project uh prayer since he couldn't make it up today. Uh this is from his second species tape out on Constellation Tatsu and it's just a gorgeous one. So I'm going to play the uh, the opening track from the second side from that. And also check back with us in a couple of weeks because we have some great shows lined up throughout the month of December. And if you have any questions for me, you can shoot me an email at fffreakout at hotmail.com. Otherwise, here's Prayer <laughs>